0: Hello, this is Eric with Dungeons & Tangents. You are tuning in to one of the early episodes of this podcast, so I wanted to make sure you know the quality of these early episodes is inferior to later episodes. I recommend checking out episode 14 or later. It's around that time that we really get our process figured out. If you're listening to this early material, I hope you forgive us for our learning curve, and thank you very much for listening. Welcome to Dungeons & Tangents. This is episode 10, and today we have... Chris Rutledge. And I'm Eric Dewhurst, as usual. I'll do a little upkeep first, and then we'll get into the subject. Uh, We are, as you may know, uh, now podcasting on iTunes, Google Play, and uh, have an RSS feed for any other uh, podcasting systems. You can go to dungeonsandtangents.net to learn more and find the RSS. So today's subject is dndbeyond.com. The backstory, the history of it, and how it's coming to be. D and D Beyond is uh, it's what Wizards is promising to be the online source of truth for D and D Five, probably Five and Beyond, whatever. Yeah,
1: hence the name.
0: Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> um, right now, it's just in beta, but uh, I wanted to go over kind of the history of it and. Talk because I I started looking into well how did this actually
1: come about c- come about and yeah. it's
0: a little more interesting of a story than just well wizards decided to build a website and they build a website
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's usually not how they do things it's no. usually business driven
0: At, well and. Wizards is not a website-building company.
1: No, no. Their previous websites in the past have been awful (laughs) been hot garbage. Uh,
0: Thankfully, they've acknowledged that this time. Yeah,
1: and they've gotten an outside team to help them with it, which has been fantastic so far.
0: So my chronology starts in 2014, but you
1: know things from before that. Just a little bit, yeah. So... um, they, I, and I'm not entirely too sure how I even stumbled across it, but they had a, like, really quick alpha, and I think they took it down very quickly, mm-hmm. um, but it ended up just being what the first phase beta was oh, okay. Uh, okay. initially, so, uh, yeah, every, there was rumors of D&D finally doing their own SRD, essentially, right, because if you... What does SRD stand for? I, Oh geez, Um, man! I've heard
0: that term. Yeah, I
1: I don't don't know off the top of my head. I I wish I had actually come prepared for this. Uh, Sorry, sorry. Uh, but um, so if you look at other uh, game platforms, platforms, right? uh, Like Pathfinder has its own uh, PFSRD. Pathfinder actually doesn't run PFSRD. That's just another community site that's run. Uh, okay. But they allow it to exist because they reference back their content, and they have the O the, uh, source, OGL source
0: reference document.
1: It might be, uh, yeah, it might be a source reference document. That actually makes uh, sense. But uh, but to see Wizard actually follow through and have their own official SRD in the Open Gaming License is actually uh, really cool. Uh, you know, I they think- they started some 4e stuff. As uh, the Open Gaming License, but for them to actually produce that content and at the moment not charge for it right. is actually uh, a definitely a different business model from from pre- previous yeah. iterations of. I don't uh, think Gary Gygax
0: was about uh, giving his books away.
1: No, <laughs> definitely not. Definitely. But
0: not. Uh, so let me let me go through the the chronology. Yep. And I see an interesting story being told by the chronology. Let's see if you hear it too. Okay. So in 2014, May of 2014, (laughs) Fantasy Grounds started publishing on Steam. Yes. Fantasy Grounds is one of the uh, kind of tools that you can use to build characters, run campaigns, manage D&D in a digital form. Yep. July, two months later, they release fifth edition of D&D. So that that seems like non-coincidental that you've got two kind of big things happen. Yep. So in July of 2014, they released... uh, edition, shortly after they released the first module, the Minds of Fandelver, Lost Lost Minds of Fandelver. And in April, so almost a year later, or I guess April, yeah, almost a year later, mm-hmm. Lost Minds of Fandelver <laughs> is available on Fantasy Grounds. So Wizards is doing licensing. They are saying here, digital people who are good at distributing through a digital form, take our content and distribute it. Yep. And they've they've accepted that as a, as a As a concept in their reality, back in 2015. Right. And then in this is kind of another stream of of interesting things that were happening. Uh, Critical Role started in June of 2015 on Twitch. Um, I think they're uh, under Geek and Sundry.
1: Yes, Geek and Sundry. Correct. So uh,
0: most people who, if you're listening to this, chances are you've heard of Critical Role. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Be surprised if you haven't. Uh, (coughs) Yeah. And that's that's just a side note. Just a side note that, you know, right around the time, uh, about a year after Fifth Edition comes out, Critical Role starts becoming a thing. Yeah. And they're on Twitch. Almost a m- year later, Chris Perkins of Wizards starts Dice Camera Actions, Dice Camera Action, which is effectively Critical Role but with Chris Perkins. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a bunch of people who aren't experienced uh, voiceover actors. Yep. Uh, also on Twitch. So now Chris Perkins from Wizards is like hanging out with the Twitch people in some way. At least using it as a, as a major marketing As game. a platform, yeah. yeah. And then right around that same time, Roll20 gets a licensing deal with Wizards. And now they're doing what Fantasy Grounds is doing. You can buy Lost Mine of found- Phandelver in Roll20 to run it through Roll20, yeah. another... Uh, not just campaign management, (laughs) but play online systems so that your DM and all your players can connect and play together all at once.
1: Yeah, and Um, not every player also needs to have all that licensing. Right. It's really more of a one person can buy all the licensing and then everyone else can come in and play if they wanted to.
0: Still, uh, two years after they've released 5th edition, there's still kind of dealing with the fact that they don't have a digital distribution that they own. Yep. They're doing it through... These, through another
1: company. Yes, yeah, yeah. through,
0: through third parties of, of all sorts. In August of 2016, Curse, which was a, just a website development uh, company that, that did web and platform development, they're acquired by Twitch. Again, second half 2016, Twitch becomes the exclusive Magic the Gathering video content and tournament <laughs> broadcast for, uh, platform. So, Wizards and Twitch are working together in a big way by the end of 2016. Right. And then 2017, early 2017, they announce D&D Beyond. They say we're going to create a web-based platform that is going to be the D&D online experience. They they tease it that way. I'm not sure I'm sure they did the alphas shortly after that. Yep. Or shortly before that, actually. Because um, the announcement I found was in March, and the phase one beta started in March
1: this year. It started very quickly, yeah. Yeah,
0: and then not even a month ago, they released the second phase. Yep. Let me go through the <coughs> what the phases were, were yeah. promised. So they they broken the, the beta into three phases. Phase one was you can search for monsters, magical items, what else?
1: Uh, spells. Spells, that's right.
0: Yeah. Uh, kind of a general compendium that was kind of the base rule set. Yeah. And there's a forum. Phase two promised character generation, character management, and phase three was supposed to be campaign management, and that is very vaguely put out there.
1: Right, yeah. So is it, are they providing, you know, adventure paths, or right. are they providing modules, maps, and all the content for that? We don't know Are that. they
0: putting... Their digital distributors out of business. Is that what they're they're
1: getting at? So I don't think so. No. Uh, okay. No. So um, also in the timeline, um, I would also probably throw in their partnership with Drive Through RPG. Oh right, right. That was probably around the
0: same time as Fantasy Grounds.
1: I believe so. Yeah. yeah. Now Fantasy Grounds, um, prior to 2014, they didn't have a and uh, license. Right. Okay. They were yeah. only doing things. Like you could build your own. They had a fourth edition. Okay, right. They didn't (laughs) call it 4E. They called it fourth. And then uh, okay. uh, whatever, volume or, or what have you. Uh, so you could create rule sets around that. They also had a 3.5 one okay. that they kept general. Um, <clears throat> which they could officially do because it was in open gaming. Yeah, right? correct. Yeah, it, it, The OGL for that already existed, so they were allowed to do that. Um, and then, yeah, around 2014, like you said, when 5th edition was being teased, they started going in talks with with Wizards to be able to have that licensing for that, but it took a while. Yeah. And then Roll20 had pretty much the same approach that Fantasy Grounds did, right? They had all the licensing for the anything that was OGL, but yeah. they didn't have the licensing, and then Fantasy Grounds started, and then Roll20 got it, just yeah. as 5th edition started kind of wrapping up to what it is now.
0: D&D Beyond is not created by Wizards of the Coast. It right. was created by Twitch, who had acquired... Curse the web development company who has a
1: license to put out the current content. Oh. it's the only way that they. So would this be able is all a
0: licensing agreement as well.
1: Because it's all under OGL. Okay. Yeah. Because it's, it, n-
0: it's not that there's just a partnership between.
1: Oh, I'm sure qu- there is. Well, there yeah, has to. The, be. Yeah, there has to <laughs> be. Right. Because so look at look at the history of what um what. Uh, Wizards of the Coast has done prior to providing this content, right? If you look at 4E, they had their own tools that they made people pay for on a yearly or monthly basis. Right. Uh, 3E, they actually gave out some of the tools mm-hmm. that were either fan-created or that they had created themselves, uh, but it didn't always contain all of their content, right? right? They've done it in the past. They didn't have a lot of success with it, especially when 4E came out, right? There was a lot of fan... Backlash. Fan backlash, cool. A lot of aspects of 4th right, edition yeah. weren't, so, weren't so appreciated. Four, yeah, fourth, yeah, 4th edition is very contentious in almost anything that they had done. Yeah. With the online tools, the compendium, what you could get out of Dragon Magazine, mm-hmm. and what was available to you, you know, a lot of people weren't very happy with it, apparently. Their approach now seems to be more, we're going to generate our own content, and then we're going to allow licensing out to other people who know... How to do it better than we ever could, which I think shows the growth of a company. Yeah, right. Which is great. Uh, they recognize that they're really good at creating, creating content. They're not so great at creating websites, no, or applications that allow no. them to distribute their content. So I think you know the partnerships with Roll Twenty, the partnerships with Fantasy Grounds, with Drive Through RPG, and Twitch, and Curse, and everything like that is is a significantly better approach than what they've done in the past significantly.
0: Yeah. I did not experience the 3.5 through 4.0 just I wasn't around then. I've been playing for, you know, like 2 years now. So I haven't seen that, but yeah. I I find it interesting sort of the positioning that they seem to be doing. And I'm I'm not convinced that they aren't trying to have a very close relationship with Twitch and have Twitch and Curse make a new version of Fantasy Grounds, Roll20, that is something that will compete with them. I mean, that's probably more up to Twitch than it is up right. to...
1: Right, so it's 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 a decent business decision for them to allow multiple avenues of their licensing to be acquired, right? Because you will have people who want to run everything through fantasy grounds, right? So yeah. give people the platform to be able to do that. At the same time, their partnership with drive through RPG allows people to be able to download their content digitally and still use their own tool set to do and run their campaign. However they want. Yeah. Uh, the one for, um, what they're doing with Curse and Twitch, for me, from my perspective, and what I've seen so far, is that it seems to be a really low barrier to entry into D&D. I think that's one of the biggest so problems. It's almost like they're going uh, basic set
0: versus AD&D. It, yeah, <laughs>
1: it, it could be. Uh, I mean, like, so when you look at the tools now and what they have there now, like if you went through their character creation, it looks really easy. Yeah. It's very comprehensive, but at the same time, when you and I were skimming it, there's content missing. And great that it's beta, so it's not complete. and Anything in beta is never complete. Uh, so who knows, maybe they'll add some of that missing content later on. But it does seem to be like they're taking that approach that, okay, if we want to attract more people, Twitch is great platform and great advertising for that, right? Yep. Roll20... Uh, you know, uh, is a different alternative to Fantasy Grounds. Significantly cheaper. It's all online, and you don't have to download anything locally. Right. Right. So, I, I think they're um, building a portfolio to be able to get into their platform, and they've got multiple ways to do it. And recognize that their audience has different preferences, and yeah. I, not many other companies, with the exception of a couple others, have that have that self-awareness that their yeah. audience is, is, is vast. And now the problem is, is have they overextended themselves, right? Because C- now they have all these avenues, they can control it through licensing, but at the same time, now it's other companies taking their content and maybe doing something they might not like with it. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering how much control they have. Because like, uh, obviously have a lot. obviously we don't know what their licensing agreements no. are because we're not privy to that information, but You know, that's kind of some of the risks that you take is that when you license your content out to other people, they then may have the ability to do something you're not really too happy with. Depending on the agreement. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Uh,
0: But uh, I don't know. It feels like they're being more self-aware than I've been reading the history of D&D and Gary Gygax in the 80s. And Gary Gygax was not as self-aware as a business person. And he was like, "Let's make movies. Let's make cartoons. Let's let's make the business of D and D something other than making the content of the game and being the 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 people who manage the rule set yeah. and the the setting." And it feels like the current D and D business is is aware that uh, Wizards knows that what they do best is content. Yep, and they're focusing on content. And making sure that that is solid, and then saying here, now the content can go out on trains and planes and buses and whatever. Give it to it needs the to experts
1: go. who know how to build those platforms. Yeah. yeah, I think which is a smart business move, right? Because yeah. focus on what you're good at, like you said, and let the experts take care of those avenues. Yeah, but still retain some type of control over over what's happening. Um,
0: and since they have such a legacy, I mean, almost everybody who's making these gaming platforms grew up on D&D. Oh, yeah, so, has, has
1: touched it at some point, right? Yeah. Like, Pathfinder was completely spawned out of a bunch of authors from uh, TSR and, oh, and all the magazines. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. A lot of the people who wrote Dragon Magazine um, ended up creating Paizo and and spun off and in, in stuck with 3.5 <laughs> and, and created yeah. what you now have with Pathfinder. Uh, you're,
0: I know you're a big fan of Pathfinder. Big, we're we're going to go play Pathfinder tomorrow. Tomorrow? Yeah, all day. Uh, yep. With the, <laughs> uh, what is the group?
1: The Glass Cannon Podcast West meetup group. Okay. Yeah. So
0: are there going to be people from like outside of Portland there?
1: Yes. Uh, Holy crap. <laughs> uh, some people from San Jose. Uh, a couple people from Seattle. Um, <laughs> Holy crap. Maybe a couple people from Paizo might drop oh, by that would be cool I just learned that the other day that's that cool. it may happen no guarantees but yeah uh, yeah but, but so yeah like uh, D&D has touched many of the gaming platforms that are currently out there like Call Cthulhu and hmm. and uh, you know uh, a bunch of others it's, and they've made
0: their own content that is yeah. like their own world that's a, another version of, <clears throat> of what D&D had yeah or yep. has uh, yeah it's it's Impressive that D and D spawned things like uh, Pathfinder, but now they've got their own legs under them.
1: Like yeah. it's, it's not, <laughs> yeah. No, there's there's a bunch of other platforms that now are are competing against them. Mm-hmm. And, and but that's good though, right? So because you can only play so much D and D, and then you may want something else, right? But it also will spawn competition and keep wizards on their toes yeah they won't let them get complacent which i think may have probably would happen with fourth edition yeah they may have gotten complacent and they may have said oh let's just rush all this stuff out <laughs> but uh, i'm not going to get into that um but yeah you know it, competition is good for business it's good yeah. to keep them on their toes and at the same time too which i think is really cool what they do with um drive through rpg uh and the entire OGL that they've decided to adopt for 5th edition. And, and I, I think some of 4th edition was part of OGL, too. I'm not entirely too sure. Um, okay. But the fact that somebody can actually create their own D&D content and then put it up on DriveThruRPG, right. and they can get paid for it. Like, right. There's a whole subset of people who are so much into D&D that they've created their own content, created their own homebrews, and spent all this time on it, and have created their own rule sets, too that they can now contribute to it. Right. And you can adopt it if you want to, you can choose to buy it. Uh, a lot of the stuff that people have created are like a dollar for an entire right. campaign setting, which is fantastic, <laughs> right? So you don't have to just stick to what Wizards is putting out. You know, There's a bunch of other third party and independent content that you can consume too. And, and the fact that Wizards now lets that happen I right. think is really good. You would not have seen that in, in like 2000, 2002, or even 95. Really? Um, at all. Yeah, you would not Just, have seen that. They, they've realized that they can't control everything, but let's control what we and can yeah. and then give other people creative
0: license. Do really good, high quality content for the core. Yeah. And people can
1: spider out from there. Yeah.
0: Yeah. All right. So uh, that's it for this episode. What did we talk about? We talked about the history of how we got to D and D Beyond, how it's coming about. It's not yet fully
1: released. Yeah. A little bit of business, yeah, and, <laughs> and and the business
0: behind that, which I think is really fascinating.
1: Well, you don't think about it too, right? Like you, we're yeah. just we're playing an RPG, but really at the end of the day, that we are consuming a product, and there's an entire business behind this fantasy realm that. We're, yeah, <laughs> we're we're playing with right. Like you don't really connect the two sometimes, no. unless you're watching a really bad D and D movie. True. Uh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, okay. So our, our next couple of topics, uh, our next episode is going to be about D and D Beyond and character generation. Uh, there are lots of different platforms for character generation, including pen and paper, but lots of digital platforms as well. Um, We may cover celebrities of D&D and anatomy of an encounter. If any of those sound really interesting to you, uh, hit us up on Twitter. We actually have a Twitter account. Uh, If you go to DungeonsAndTangents.net, our Twitter is there. I don't remember the name now. That is horrible. I should have it written right here. Well, I remember DungeonsAndTangents.net. I don't remember what our Twitter (laughs) handle is. I'm sure it's DungeonsAndTangents. You
1: can always just fix it in post right here.
0: Right. right. Yes, <laughs> I will. Wait, and but for the podcasty people, I get here. I got.
1: I got my Twitter. This makes for great radio. Battle. Everybody
0: loves listening to people look at their phones. Dungeon underscore tangent. That is the Twitter handle. Dungeon dungeon
1: underscore tangent. There we go.
0: If you're listening to this via iTunes, go ahead and subscribe or Google Play. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe, comment, tell us what you want to hear about next. Uh, That's all for this episode. Yeah, thanks for watching, everybody. Appreciate it. Next episode, we talk about the proposed pricing for the new D&D Beyond website. If you enjoy Dungeons & Tangents, please let us know by rating us on iTunes. You can also let us know by finding us on Twitter at Dungeon underscore Tangent and sending us a funny picture. That's all for this episode. Thanks for joining us.